Welcome everyone to an emergency episode of three. Gil Gross, Joel Drucker, Amy Lundy here. Novak Djokovic is defaulted out of the U.S. Open in round three against Pablo Carina Busta for um, striking a lines person with a tennis ball. He had just been broken. His serve had just been broken. He took the ball out of his pocket. Um, he hit the ball towards the back fence. He was not really looking where he was hitting it and unintentionally hit the, the ball woman or the lines woman, excuse me, in the throat. Uh, Joel, no, no question precedent would, would call for a default in, in this situation, correct? This is a default. That's do the, do the crime, do the time. I mean, he, that, we all know this is, there are numerous examples of this. David Nalbandian, Tim you hit an official, you hit anyone, you hit someone with a ball, that's it about it. To his credit, he seemed to accept the punishment, not argue, not delay in any way, and he shook hands with his opponent and left. He was very calm. He, he was calm, but he, he did not do press, so we didn't get to hear from him. He left the grounds without speaking to the press. That's kind of another layer to this. And um, if, he, if he was able to, to, you know, if he was in a good enough state to do press, it probably would have helped his cause. Um, to apologize and et cetera. I'm sure that'll be forthcoming. He and his agent, Edo, will work on the perfect thing to say and, and they'll come out with a statement and he'll make good. Um, it's just, I, I, to be honest, I'm stunned. I am yeah. completely stunned at the implications of this because it breaks his match winning streak. It breaks his streak of majors. It breaks the streak of the big three winning slams. Um, this was almost a foregone conclusion. Um, not only was I looking forward to the conclusion of this tournament, but I wanted to see how it all played out, as we mentioned in our previous podcast, possibly against Medvedev or someone else. I'm just shocked beyond belief well it shows you it's just another layer in the incredibly complicated 2020 of novak um to the tour he ran where people including himself got covid to other statements he's made to novak's whole to to the players association to a whole bunch of things what a what a 2020 this has been for novak i mean undefeated in tennis matches then this happens and um and also his the, his his reputation, how he's perceived. I mean, it is just a, and you're right, Amy. Yeah, of course, he'll put out a statement and it'll be interesting to see how or if he reaches out to the, to the woman who he hit with the ball and how all that happens and just, just a lot of other interesting things. Gil? Well, Joel, I, I think to that point, this would not have happened to, to Federer or Nadal, I have to say, because, or definitely not Nadal and a smaller chance Federer because I've never seen Rafa Nadal lose control of, of his temper um, whatsoever. And for Federer, I've, I've seen it happen. It's just been exceptionally rare. For Novak, it's more of a common occurrence. And this was uh, an occupational hazard when it comes to, if you're going to hit balls in frustration, which he did in the game prior, where after losing triple set point, um, if you are going to do these things, you have that percent chance that it will go horribly wrong. You could go a whole career without it going horribly wrong, but in this case, um, it just, look, 
if it went two, three inches to the right or the left, it would have missed her, but it didn't. And well, let's let's not forget what happened to Shapovalov. It was a similar incident, although not as forceful. I don't think. And and Novak it was hit his eye. It hit the officials. I suck. Right, right. And but it was it was it was a chucking of the ball in frustration. Um, it was really unintentional and unfortunate on Novak's part because he he did it at the ground, kind of. I mean, where he literally thought there would be no one. And I don't know if you guys have ever been hit in the throat with a tennis ball. It happened to me just three weeks ago, a ball ricocheted off my doubles partner's racket and right into my throat. And I actually cried a little bit, not because of the pain, but it's, it's a shock. It's stunning. Right. And you have to like take a second to make sure you can breathe and you're okay. Wow. That's, and also these are, these are professional tennis players and the velocity that they hit the ball, even when they're just kind of like chucking one is, is pretty sharp. And uh, one thing I thought about this, interesting about this, all the field courts have no line judges. Yep. Ash and Armstrong have line judges for reasons that we haven't heard, maybe just retain what people are more familiar with. But I wonder if moving forward, probably for the rest of the tournament, they'll keep it with the line judges. But, okay, so Novak's got this new players tennis, this union that they want to form. Do they say, okay, we want all Hawkeye on all courts moving forward? I mean, it, it, it works pretty well. So maybe this becomes the tipping point, just as the, the 2004 Capriati-Serena match was a tipping point for Hawkeye. Gil, well, what, what do you think? Well, what about the, the rule, okay? Because we, we all agree there's no debate, the tournament official – uh, the umpire, everyone involved in making the decision are, is left with zero choice, whether intentional or unintentional, in this case, clearly unintentional. Uh, that is a default. But you could go back. The Players Association might say, this rule is ridiculous. You can accidentally hit so anyone on the court, and that's an automatic default. So I think that's where there could be a debate to be had. You could say, maybe it should be up to discretion. Maybe there should be language written into the rule where intention actually matters, but where we are at right now, intention doesn't matter. I, I think that's a better debate. Well, that'll be interesting. Or do you get a warning or what the sequence is or all these things? Because intention, intention is hard to assess in a live match. And another thing about this, imagine if there are fans in the stands while this had occurred. Yeah. And just think of what we saw two years ago when Serena Williams played Naomi Osaka and the fans. And, and one of the things that tennis does, and uh, Gil, you're around more other sports than me. When these things happen in tennis, we enter this fog. No one quite knows what's going on. These things happen rarely. And everyone's wondering. And there's all this yelling. At least, I think in the other sports, there's this kind of explanation of we know what's going on. This is called the official review. We've got somebody back in New Jersey who's reviewing the play. What, what, what do you think could make this work better in tennis? I would ask either of you. Gil, what do you think? Well, here's what's hard. You don't want to make something this consequential a, a subjective matter. So we don't want to be in a position where we're arguing, oh, he meant to do it. No, he didn't mean to do it. However, we do ask in all sports, less so tennis, we ask officials to make judgment calls. Is it a block or is it a charge? Is it a strike or is it a ball? And in tennis, it's either in or out. There's no judgment call there. There are very few instances where we ask the officials to make a judgment call, one of them being if there's a challenge, would they have gotten to the ball? 
So the question is, is an area like this a situation where you go to review and you ask the tournament referee to make a judgment call about intent? And if this happened a lot, I would say that's not good at all and that they would need to do something about it because this is bad for the tournament. This really isn't very good for, for tennis as a whole. But this is so rare that, per, that I don't know how, how justified you would be to try to make a change because of this. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if the players can't control themselves enough when it's between points and the ball is dead to get the ball safely off the court to wherever it is, the ball person or the filtered out uh, to the side, then we're really a lost cause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Novak has got to control himself. There was an incident, I don't know if you guys remember last year, where Novak had a war of wards with a fan, a Federer fan, um, and there was something about, I'll find you after. I, I don't know if Novak said that or the fan said that, but words were exchanged, and I believe a warning was issued of some sort. Um, he had the incident back in 2015 at the Miami Open where he snatched the towel and yelled at or toward the ball kid. I mean, he's got to control himself. Those are the rules of the sport, and um, the rules are there for a reason. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, another thing related to the thing about line calls, I noticed this um, this week. When there, if you don't have line judges, then what becomes the career path for becoming a chair umpire. Do you go from being a chair umpire at a college event, you never call lines at a grand slam, and then you get a chair at a grand slam and you have to deal with these kind of situations. It's an interesting little vocation. No, I'm not worried about that right now. <laughs> oh no, I, I definitely, well, no, I'm thinking about that. I'm curious about that because I think there's a lot of leadership stuff. You know, in tennis, what we see, and we addressed this the other day when we were talking about the union, there are a lot of leadership gaps that don't exist in some of the more institutionally organized sports, you know, NFL officials, there's a lot more of what I'd call vertical alignment, you know, uh, what CBS, NFL officials, they're kind of all in this together, but in, in tennis, it's all these, you know, ITF, USDA, it, it almost gets back to a question I was thinking the other day about these, uh, about these decisive tie breaks, you know, I mean, again, I'm not, I don't want to digress too much, but just about the rules in yeah. tennis. So it gets to some, leadership issues and I think it'll be interesting to see getting back to Novak and our three how he in his leadership position that he wants to take with this new union what he does what he wishes to really do that what are the real issues that these players want to address and are things such as like Gil you mentioned does this rule get reformed or evaluated what does that mean? Gil, I don't think this is one of those things where we have to navel gaze and say something's wrong, we need to change a rule. I, I think it's fairly clear cut. This is not like the Serena Williams incident. Um, there's really nothing to argue or debate in terms of the rule itself. Um, I mean, Jill, you bring up some fair points, and we, we can address that in another podcast. And there are some problems in the NFL, and they've been debating about full-time officials and stuff like that. Other sports do face this kind of thing. But to me, what I'm seeing here is really about Novak Djokovic and what goes on inside that guy's head and, you know, how he conducts himself in all aspects around this game. So yeah, I mean... His head, that's an interesting, you know, he's the one who's 
the most. He knows he's worked hardest to be as beloved as the other two, as Federer and Nadal. But he's, uh, he's reactive and, you know, he can be, he's more explosive than the others emotionally. Yes. He just, so uh, I'm telling you, the, I, I'll, I'll just repeat again, and I don't know if I said this at the top. He had fallen on his left arm. Yeah. His shoulder, I think he was concerned about his shoulder because he was serve volleying and hitting drop shots. And he gets broken for, in the first set, a set that he has already had three set points in. A calm and content Novak Djokovic never does this. And I even went back and I looked at the tape of Djokovic holding serve um, with a ball in his pocket before a change of ends, like a Sherlock Holmes, okay? <laughs> he doesn't even hit the ball back to the back fence usually. Normally, he takes the ball out of his pocket with his left hand and literally drops it on the court. So he actually broke habit in frustration just to hit the ball against the back fence. Huh, interesting. Maybe he was super concerned. I mean, who knows? Maybe he separated his shoulder or something like that and was like, I'm so frustrated. Nothing's going to be the same. Um, that's really interesting, and we'll see what happens with that. Well, it'll be interesting to see what he started, how he talks about and how he addresses it. You're right, whether there's an injury. And again, again, this is someone who had COVID, so we don't know the whole physical. Nobody knows the physical impact of that, of how that may have affected his his body, his breathing, his, his fitness. And even though this is one of the most fit people ever, how he feels physically. In the meantime, he's playing someone. I mean, it, it's funny how these things happen sometimes when, when a player has this a, a volatile emotional thing. The opponent happens to be someone who's like a completely subdued, yeah. you know, it's not versus another angry person. I mean, and Karina, exactly. Karina Busta just followed the, um, the unofficial thing in tennis is that if the opponent is getting to an official, you just let them do their thing. I think that's almost like a locker room code. You go, you go have your tantrum as long as you need. I'm just going to chill here. You know, he didn't, he didn't walk up and say, what are you guys doing? Shouldn't he be in default by now? He just sat there and he just kind of held to it and let it play out. You're right. And he, and, and of course, Novak knew before that even happened. Oh my God, I'm down six, five to a guy who could probably play for about eight hours. Yeah, that's true. Um, speaking of a guy who could play for eight hours, what must Rafael Nadal be thinking right now? What do you What do you think? What do you think he's thinking? I don't know. Um, I think Rafa is a good person, probably um, at his core. So he probably feels some sympathy. Yeah, I don't think he wants to see. I mean, also there's the whole thing about the sport of watching the number one player in the world, have him have to exit the tournament this way. I don't think, I think that's, I think Rafa's kind of scratching his head. Wow, Novak, what happened? Wow, that's unfortunate. Part of it was bad luck. And, and I think there you go. But you. Rafa and Roger Gill as competitors and as wanting to cement their spot in history, are they thinking to themselves, well, he didn't add another one to his tally this time, and he may not in Paris. Are they thinking that? Amy, I got to say, I think they're probably think. I think Roger's probably thinking, I've been playing for 20 years, and I have never done that. And there's a reason for, you know, I think that, I think that, that Roger and, and Rafa, they, I'm sure they, they feel sorry for him, but they also are probably shrugging their shoulders and thinking, you can't do that. And that's, that's, that's a mistake that 
I'm sure they probably feel like they wouldn't have made. Is that yeah, fair? They wouldn't have. That's right. They wouldn't have. Rafa, Rafa was raised. I mean, it's funny. And this gets to a thing. Again, we sometimes bring up these kind of uh, instructional things, these instructional notions. And maybe this gets to how, how a player is coached and educated. And again, we don't know. We don't know exactly how, how Novak was raised and we all, to manage his emotions. And we all have our ways of managing our emotions too. Because mm-hmm. we've seen, you know, we've seen all of these guys. No one is necessarily perfect. And it doesn't mean there's a, a model. It's just, it's just they're raised in different ways. I mean, the way we've heard numerous stories about the way Uncle Tony raised uh, Roger and Rafa. Roger was kind of a hothead when he was young. He had some moments that he overcame. Novak's had some things. And again, and this is also a little bit bad luck. Like you said, Gil, you hit the ball somewhere, it goes into the fence and you just, wow, you, you, and then it happens to hit someone. So it's unfortunate. Novak fans will want me to point out that Roger recently, and I wish I could remember the tournament, did chuck a ball into the stands. Uh, It's been within the last two years. I've seen him do Uh, that. Yeah. And that could hit somebody. It it wouldn't be a line drive, you know, for the throat, but yeah. Um, So, and, and he, there are stories that he was temperamental in his younger days. Uh, but why. but to be defaulted out of a grand slam is just wow. Well, the U.S. Open will roll on without Novak Djokovic, no grand slam title winners in the field, and that'll do it for this emergency episode of three. From Joel Lundy, uh, nope, from Joel Trucker <laughs> and Amy Lundy, uh, I'm Gil Gross. We'll see you next time on the next episode. <laughs>